0: Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT.
0: And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast, and you'll be listening and downloading the podcast about 24 hours later than we typically do it. why? Well, Kurt had had some fun yesterday. We're allowed yeah. to do that now. Right. The question I would have. So, yeah. so the the reason of the delay was that you went to the Packers football game the yesterday. Yearly pilgrimage to yep. Green Bay. To yes. Green Bay. Um, my question, and a couple other people had the question once they knew why the podcast was uh, delayed, because I had a couple people text and DM yeah. me like, "Hey, what's the deal? What's the deal?" And I'm like, "Hey, uh, uh, Kurt was at the Packers game, and a couple of <laughs> different times it came up. Do you think Kurt?" Would have gone to the Packers game if he knew they were wearing those uniforms.
1: So you know it's interesting. I, I don't mind those uniforms. Really, they're they're fine. I, they're not as good as the regular uniforms. But the game I went to last year was the game that they wore those uniforms too.
0: Really? Yeah. By complete complete coincidence, both times. Well,
1: I think it. it so we went to see him play Washington last year, New York this year. So I think they probably. Because they're the Packers and they have so much tradition, they try to do it when they're playing a team that's not in division. Probably, okay. is my guess. Okay. So, yeah. And by the way, the game was awful.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, did they look as bad last oh, year they, in those uniforms as they did yesterday? No, that
1: last year they won easily. They looked so bad yesterday. We were trying to remember the last time. I mean, I've been going to games since I was twelve years old. Yeah. So nineteen eighty seven was my first Packers game. So been going every year since then. And we couldn't remember off the top of our heads a worse Packers game that we went to. Anyway, you know, I've probably been to, you know, several dozen, yeah. maybe maybe fifty games in that time span. And they all laughed because I brought up what I'm like. I remember when Blair Keel was the quarterback one game, and they're like, I I don't even remember that. that Yeah.
0: That snickering you heard was Vikings, Lions, and Bears fans not feeling at all sorry for you.
1: Yeah. No, normally it's a blast. They almost always win when we go. They usually look good. You're usually nitpicking, complaining about all the damn running game, just can't get the running game going. But it just, everything went
0: went badly. To to, just. I obviously don't follow the NFL quite as much, not nearly as much as college and, and the big 10, obviously. Um, but it seems to me that one of the biggest issues with the Packers is their wide receiver group. Let me ask you this to spin it into the big 10 football podcast. <laughs> Would you take Ohio state's wide receivers over the green Bay Packers wide receivers?
1: Yeah. Like if you gave them the whole offseason of NFL training and coaching and everything. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're atrocious. But now this is probably one of the reasons that Aaron Rodgers looks bad is them, but he doesn't look good either. It's it's almost like He I,
0: finally hit the age limit. He's finally
1: aged out. I think so. I mean, nothing is going right there. Yeah. And then because they can't throw the ball, then they can't run either.
0: It happens like that. Yeah. I've seen that.
1: So my whole levels. my the my routine is I get a hotel in Wausau, Wisconsin, which is west of Green Bay, but like 80 miles, 90 miles, something like that. So bellied up and got to watch the the last Big Ten game there. But of course, I walk up to the bar. There's four TVs in the bar. Now, I'll give them credit. They were all on football games. They were all on the same football game. Four TVs, all in the same proximity.
0: And none of them were Nebraska Purdue? No. So you had to request one? Yes. And you're in Big Ten country,
1: and I'm in Big, Big Ten country.
0: The the nationwide issue of bars not being able to run their TV setup is just—it's something I—I'll give them credit. It, it deserves a documentary.
1: Okay, it does. Uh, it, it deserves a thirty for thirty. But my first question—this is how how trained I am—I go, so how hard is it to operate your TV system? And she goes, I don't think it's that hard. I'm like, oh great. Can I get the Purdue game? And she turned right to there.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's as best you can hope for. It's
1: absolutely the best you
0: can hope for. And, that, and then just like that, because I know you, then you're as happy as a clam. You got a cocktail in front of you. You're watching the game you want to watch. And there it is.
1: So, you know, I forget. W- Wausau is a very industrial town. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of just a lot of uh, commerce that goes on there. So guy next to me is from California. I'm like, oh, who's your team? Auburn. Okay, really? and I'm like, did you grow up in Alabama? No, I'm from California, but my best friend played for Auburn years ago, so I always just kind of gotcha. You know, and then of course it's SEC, and I like to watch SEC. So the guy on the right of me though was an actual Vols fan, really. Right as the game was had just ended, I sat down and he was, you know, obviously over the moon. He actually wanted, he was asking him to change to the baseball game because now the Braves, the the Vols were, yeah, it must have been the Braves. Oh, now the Vols were over. Gotcha. But it was crazy. He was. I mean,
0: I was going to say, was he actually? Did he have the ability to communicate and put sentences he, together? Because I would think he would. Be he sort-
1: probably didn't fall into your typical Vals fan, you know, bucket. I, it, it seemed okay. a little
0: different. Okay, can I really quick? I don't want to. I don't want to hijack the podcast on this topic. The friends that I was with on Saturday night, and we were watching the games. The friend I was with, uh, uh, a good friend of mine, he said he was just so happy for Tennessee. And I'm like, well, I'm happy Alabama lost. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, Vols fans are some of the worst people on the planet. Yeah. And he just he couldn't understand <laughs> what I was. Very quickly, would you confirm the 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 toxicity of the typical Tennessee Vols fan? Oh,
1: sure, absolutely. Like I wasn't happy for their fans. No, I was happy for the players yes. and the coaches. Now, and I want to make this very clear. I don't hate Alabama. I have nothing against Alabama. I just like seeing different teams win.
0: Yes, and that would probably get us into a quick uh, discussion of how good the football was on Saturday. Um, Even before the weekend started, you know, people were propping up the weekend. In my opinion, I think it mostly came through. I, I mean, sometimes you think, yeah, people put, how good it needs to be so high up that it's unattainable. I felt like it was put up very high. And for the most part, the college football universe reached it this past weekend.
1: It sure seemed like it It seemed like the best weekend so far.
0: I think so. I mean, you get obviously the aforementioned Tennessee beating, Alabama and not just that 52 to 49, I believe was the score off the top of my head. Yeah, It's the most points Alabama has given up since like 1905.
1: Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's something like that. Like the 1900s. Wow. So that was crazy. USC, Utah comes down yeah, to the last was... play with a two point conversion. That was crazy. Uh, TCU, Oklahoma state was great. Obviously we've got five games here. We're going to talk about two. We had some great games as well. Um, I had a blast watching the Navy. I don't even remember who they played okay. <laughs> on Friday night because I had Navy plus 12 and a half. Navy was down by three touchdowns and scored two touchdowns in under three minutes. And they're an option team. Wow. That was just fantastic. That I is like incredible. To throw that out there. But anyways... There's no sport better than the one we cover on this podcast, and it was on full display this past weekend. Great weekend of games. Yeah, all right. Should we get into the ones we cover here? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, We have got five games to cover here. All of these happened on Saturday, October 15th. Now, one, maybe one and a half of these games wound up being a blowout, but every one of these games had their compelling moments, most of them deep into the second half. So this was... One of the better weekends of Big Ten football as well, I, I I think so anyways. First one up, Illinois 26, Minnesota 14. The Illini with 472 yards of total offense to the Gophers 180. Kurt, your Illini are hotter than the devil's dick right now, buddy. I keep having these strange, unfamiliar, positive feelings. Like,
1: that I just... I. I don't know. It's okay. un-
0: unfamiliar is all I can. I, I was going to wait till the end of the podcast to ask you this, because this has also been a, a common question of podcast listeners, friends and family that that know Big Kurt or feel like they've gotten to know Big Kurt. And it has made me think about it this past you know day or so is like, how surreal does this feel to you? Because un- this is not unlike a person that maybe has been financially strapped for most of, if not all of their life. And then wins the lottery, (laughs) wins the lottery. (laughs) So you, you don't really know what to do with the emotions and how, how do I proceed now? Is that the type of feelings you're getting right now watching your line?
1: Yeah. And kind of like you said, the the bar was set pretty high for games and it exceeded it. I thought this was going to be a good team. I just looked around the conference and I said, have they really overtaken Wisconsin? No. Have they overtaken Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue? There's no way they've overtaken those teams so far. So I thought they would compete in all these games. I thought they'd be good games. I thought they'd lose most of them, but win some, you know? And then they they come across Wisconsin. You're like, okay, probably lose Wisconsin. But well, then you win. And it's like, well, okay, but they're not going to... They're going to have a letdown after Wisconsin, right? And then they beat Iowa. Well, then they can't win th- against three good programs in a row. Are you kidding? And then they... Then and by the way, Minnesota the best team they played so far and that's it was their best game.
0: Yes. So, so that's they, what they I just was, keep
1: continually.
0: That's what I was going to say is um you know, fans have a romanticized version of their team 3 4 years down the road. Like y- your team has a good year like like using Minnesota fans. They probably forget in 2019 there was some squeakers that year. They just yeah, remember right. all the wins, yep. you know. Right now, you're still in the moment with Illinois, which is this. Uh, The first game of the year was, you know, a Wyoming team that was, like, reeling. You kind of handled them. The next week was Indiana, which is getting more and more inexplicable as the year goes. So, at that point, as an Illinois fan, you're kind of like, "Yep, this is what it looks like. Virginia was maybe the first time where you're like, ooh. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Spicy, you know. But then right you said Wisconsin through Iowa through Minnesota each week for these this past 3 4 weeks I would assume you are sitting here getting more and more confidence to the point where you have a lot of confidence going into these games that you're going to win them.
1: Yeah, it yeah. I mean that's starting to get there and I'll even go deeper. Let's say during this game as I'm watching and we're clearly the better team, you know, it was still close. In fact, Minnesota Took the lead, remember, at one point, 14-13. The only time I really held my breath was every time Mo Ibrahim touched the ball. Right. As long as the ball wasn't in his hands, I always felt good. I felt, oh, we'll, we'll stop. If they're dropping back to pass, we're going to stop them. Yeah. Well, but, we can, yep. Yeah. And that's what a difference maker Mo is. Yes. If it was, and I like and Potts, but if it was Trey Potts carrying the ball, it wouldn't have been.
0: No, it would have It would have been a Poor football game is what it would yeah. been. A um, couple things to point out: you brought up beating in succession. By the way, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota—the first time since 1983—they gave a bunch of things that were hot and cool in 1983. I think Beatle was 13 years old or something. Well, it was like every that.
1: breath you take was the number one <laughs> every breath <you> record? Take. <laughs> yep,
0: creepy song called. Um, uh, the other thing too is, you know, th- this is me. Putting a disclaimer on my prediction that, you know, this is probably cheesy, but I was really convinced that touchdown Tommy DeVito was not going to play. That's. I I did.
1: Well, I I don't know. I guess I was on the fence with him, but there was a bunch of major injuries and every one of them ended
0: up playing. So not only did they all play, they played great. Oh my gosh. If if we're like the the two offensive weapons that we're talking about, Tommy DeVito and Juice Point O, they were two of the top four performing players, offensive players in this game. With Chase Brown and Ibrahim being the other two, they weren't rumored to be out of the game. I mean, I think everybody assumed they were going to be. But point I'm trying to make is, when th- two, when fifty percent of the top four players in the game, you didn't think were going to play, not only play but play great it completely changed the complexity of this game.
1: Absolutely. And just speaking of offensively, there's a, yet another area where they just keep overachieving what what I think they're even capable of. I think I'm at a point where I, this is a really good offense, I think.
0: It's and and everybody and I said that to you we talked really br- briefly offline earlier today. And I said, you know, everybody's talking about Illinois' defense and I get it, but people need to start recognizing the offense is pretty good too. I I I mean we know we've got a good running back. This is this is a guy that's in the Heisman talk yeah, right now.
1: As well he should He's be. He's in
0: the plausible Heisman talk. It's not like Tommy DeVito is not doing things. In fact, Tommy DeVito was the man that made the difference in this game on Saturday. He
1: was dropping some dimes. I still think that pass that he threw to Brian Hightower, where Hightower kind of had to look over one shoulder, then over the other shoulder. And it, I just haven't seen a connection like that at Illinois uh, maybe Brandon Lloyd. Like, he could he could go track a ball right. like that and go get it. But I just haven't seen quarterback. But not, paired,
0: but not paired with a wide receiver right. and a rushing attack. Well, that's true. Not paired with the rushing attack. Touchdown, Tommy. 25 and 32. 252 yards. One touchdown only, but no pick. Um, Chase Brown did Chase Brown things. I mean, 41 carries for 180 yards. I don't know if you saw this. Chase Brown had more touches himself than the entire Minnesota offense.
1: Okay, so that's that brings us over to Minnesota now. Th- that's what Minnesota does to teams normally. Yes. It's one of the things I always preach about how great PJ is at controlling the cl- the clock, holding on to the ball, having time of possession. It's not that unusual to see them have a 40 minute to 20 minute uh, ratio. That's what Illinois did to Minnesota. For it they were over 40 minutes of possession. Insane. It's not I you mean, don't the, do that to a PJ team.
0: The the quarterback stats in this game the quarterback stats for for Minnesota: six of eighteen for thirty-eight yards, zero touchdowns, three picks. We obviously have to mention that Tanner Morgan went out of the game. Um, Punchgate, by the way, is going on on Twitter. <laughs> So, if for people that don't know, do you, can you name the Illinois defender?
1: Gabe Atkins is okay.
0: his name. He came in to punch the ball out, and let's be honest, Tanner Morgan's head got in the way. Yeah, and I mean, there's no I, way I can't believe it didn't bust his hand. That's what I, I kept looking for
1: him. Like he must be out of the game because he, he has to have a broken hand. And he, so, he was. He didn't. He never came out of the game.
0: So, and in case people don't know what we're talking about, that unfortunately. Knocked Tanner Morgan out of the game. He was concussed on that play. I don't know how that's possible. I it it is an odd play. So first of all, I'm going to say it so you don't have to. That was not a purposeful punch to the head. I, it couldn't you, have been. Who you, would you do can't that? Can't even do that. Like who would?
1: Well, but who in the right mind would want to do that?
0: Okay. So it, anybody suggesting that, I'm sorry, but you're probably a Gopher fan that is angry at the universe right now. So it, it, yeah. Now, it, it, it happened, okay, um, you, could have, you could probably have called some form of targeting on it, I don't know, but it wasn't No, because he,
1: because he wasn't a defenseless player. Okay. You couldn't, right. so you would have, at that point, you would have to hit him with the crown of your helmet, which you did not do.
0: Okay. Um, because we're recording later, um, it seems to be mostly good news with Tanner Morgan. He flew back with the team, PJ gave an update today it's possible he could even play this weekend is what we're seeing now with how much pressure is put on people after they have a you know concussion. I don't know if that's going to actually happen or not. But long story short, in this game, Tanner Morgan or AK, the backup, or Mitch Leitner, <laughs> anybody could have played in this game. It was not going to make any difference. Um, I I thought um, the Gopher Gridiron Radio, to be honest with you, they gave – too much credit to Illinois' defense shutting down Mo. This was kind of the stat line I thought Mo would have. He had 127 yeah. yards and a touchdown. I'm,
1: I'm telling you, I was scared every time he had the ball. He's, he's incredible. Yeah.
0: But those wide receivers, they're, they, dude, they're not busting a grape in a fruit fight.
1: No, they're not. And especially going against these cornerbacks between Devon Witherspoon and Taz Nicholson. Those guys, That it's the most impressive duo of corners that I ever remember at Illinois. They're shut down corners, but they love run support, too. They cannot wait to be able to come up and stick somebody and run support. They're so impressive. Um, you know, the pass rush, They all, Illinois only got two sacks, but they got after the quarterback on several occasions where the quarterback was throwing after their off their back foot, and a couple of those times ended up being interceptions. So I give a lot of credit to their pass rush, too.
0: Listen, a lot of Tanner Morgan angst by Minnesota fans after this game who am I to tell a fan how to fan? Okay. But I, 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 most of this is on the outside athletes. Yes. I, I mean, not only are they not getting open enough, when they're open, they drop it and they're not making plays either. Like, and the question has to be with, with a PGA offense, this is another conversation I've had offline with people. Okay. Looking at the whole PGA football program the defense looks good from top to bottom for the most part the rushing attack and O line looks good yep I don't think quarterback play is elite but it's fine is the weird thing about the pj experience is that they need an elite receiver or two to make the whole thing go yes and and was chris ottman bell leaving the season with an injury a bigger deal than we made it out to, or not as big a deal as we made it out to be because it is a big deal that's
1: probably true Because it has looked awful since he's been out. Uh,
0: You cannot – okay, obviously Purdue and especially Illinois have something to do with how poor Minnesota has looked their last two times out. But looking at the Purdue defense that has shown up a couple times since then, something is off. This is not – the Minnesota team that we Mm -hmm. saw steamrolling people and Michigan State, it's not as good right now. No. It's – something's off. I don't know what it is. Maybe it just is the receivers – it's, it's off. That's all I know.
1: But you're not going to win football because they can't throw the ball at all.
0: And, I, and 38 Brevin, yards is at all.
1: But by the way, Brevin Ford had 32 of those
0: yards. Brevin Ford is by far, they should look for him more. Yes, they should. I know he's had a shaky pass, but that's your best player.
1: And I wanted to bring up Tyler Newbin, the safety for the Gophers, because my goodness, what a game he played! He's from the state of Illinois, He's from St. Charles. He had a bunch of family there. He had 13 tackles, <laughs> nine of those were solo, and he had a couple tackles for loss. He was all over the field.
0: This is a good game. I mean, the fact that I think Illinois got up to a 13 nothing lead, and Minnesota came back and yeah, they were up 13. 14 13. So that you don't do that. Unless you have pride and stuff going with the football, I'm going to say that about a couple teams this week. So I know Minnesota fans are in despair right now. This is tough. That's a tough one to start for a dominant four and zero, and then lose two in division games like that. It's a it's a shot right to the right to the to the you know there down there. the stones. Yep.
1: So another thing I'll point out is Minnesota averaged five almost six yards per rush. It's not like they couldn't run the ball. They just don't have anything to compliment it. No.
0: That's what it is. And the defense mostly played well.
1: Yeah, but the defense did give up 220 yards rushing. Though, yep. Which.
0: But I I think it's kind of the effect on that, that I see on Iowa is, is that the defense has been out there so much that it starts to wear down.
1: Well, right. And, and mm-hmm. a part of that is the number of plays. Because they only averaged 4.1 yards per rush. Illinois did. Which is. That's. Pretty good. Kind of saying something. when you are we going against Chase Brown. Correct.
0: With the win, Illinois moves to a very impressive 5-1. Moved up to 18th, I think I said. 18th. With the loss, Minnesota drops to 4-2. Moving into the afternoon, Maryland 38, Indiana 33. The Terps with 442 yards of total offense to the Hoosiers 351. Uh, This game started off with uh, ominous tones for the the Hoosiers as – Connor Bazelak threw an interception on his first attempt in the game. Five plays later, Maryland is in the end zone. And and to be honest with you, uh, I had the over in this game. Okay. Missed by one point. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, and if I would have put it in earlier in the week, it would have gone over by a point and a half. Just it, fun, fun, it was though.
1: 71. The over was 70? Um, 38-33, right? Oh, sorry. I
0: had the uh, – let me ch- check that again. Anyways, okay. long story short – I thought this game was going to be over, like I pretty quickly. I didn't like, think... I, I was nervous that Indiana wasn't going to respond well to that. Then yeah. they were down fourteen to three. There was two or three times in this game where I thought, "Uh oh, Maryland's going to run away with it." I j- I know Indiana lost the game and they're at home. I'm just saying, I felt like Indiana showed out well to battle back and stay in this game the whole time.
1: Oh, no doubt. In fact, I listened to your preview episode, and you both kind of didn't predict a blowout. I think I would have predicted a Maryland blowout
0: here. Yeah.
1: And that's not where we got. By the way, Connor like his first attempt of the second half, also an interception. So, Locks gets a touchdown on the first possession of the first half, first possession of the second half, too. That's what gotta, he does. Got to figure out a way
0: to gamble on that. Uh, you have to, right? Yeah. Yeah, first first so, first drive touchdown over. I don't know what it is. Maybe
1: there's got to be something like um, in. I don't know. Maybe like a first half total points total because there is they pretty. Why well, know, But I'm saying maybe there's a trend there because you're getting a touchdown right out of the gate almost every game. It's got to yeah, go, go over think it pushes
0: you over most of the time. I think so. Yeah, in a half. Uh, Leah Tonga Viola, 25 of 39, two hundred seventy yards, two touchdowns, no picks, but he went out of the game injury and it is
1: does it not sound good
0: it does not sound good damn it it is sounding like season ending knee oh it that's... has not been confirmed yet i i checked a couple hours ago but
1: billy edwards jr yeah comes in and with his legs wins the game
0: yep pretty much yep over for three throwing the ball but he came in versus michigan and looked really good honestly my thought process is leah is is better than the backup okay obviously But Locks will design plays, and with the talent around him, I think Maryland will be just fine moving forward. However, it is a loss. It's a loss. If if it appears that – There's there's going to be a drop-off. Yeah. Um, Seven players with two catches or more happens every single week. Roman Hemby, 107 yards, 6.3-yard average. They rushed for 172 yards. The Maryland defense forced three sacks and eight TFLs. So Ooh. overall, if you looked at those stats, I would have thought that Maryland walked away from it, but then you switch it back to the other side. Connor Basilac, 292 yards, three touchdowns. Like, I don't know. You Remember many years ago, two years ago, joking, when you were kind of in love with the Hoosier pass catchers? Oh, yeah. They're pretty good, man. Like I I They're
1: they're kind of no name, but they keep showing up.
0: Emory Simmons is an athlete. Like and he's kind of come out of nowhere. Cam Camper's, Camper's come Camper's out of nowhere. Too. Yeah. Uh the team rushing though, not good.
1: Yeah. So you had mentioned the how Maryland was getting behind the line of scrimmage, but then they Indiana also cannot run the ball. This is why their offensive lineman line coach got fired. It's not looking any better. What? Yeah. What are you looking at me? No,
0: for? no, no, no. Go for it. Okay. Sorry.
1: I'm just saying it's a bad offense. No, line. It, so the the all they this is all they have is to drop back yes. and let Connor Basilak sling the football.
0: There you go. I I figured you were gonna complete that. That's where I was okay. gonna say is I there are there are upset who's your fans because they've lost four in a row, right? This is what happens when your team loses four in a row. Your fan base starts getting apathetic and angry. Okay. With that being said, I see positives here in that. Connor Bazilek and the passing attack and the overall display design, yeah. they are getting as many points on the board as you could expect for an offensive line and rushing attack that is struggling the way it is. Yeah. I mean So it's not all doom and gloom. It's just that the wins aren't aren't there right now. Well,
1: and the other thing is they know they can't trust their defense fully. So you just gotta drop back and sling it. Correct. It's not translating to wins, but I think they're doing I think they're going about it the
0: right way they're doing whatever they can to actually win games as opposed to maybe just keeping them close or yeah. something like that, which they did here too. <laughs>
1: so, again, nine penalties yeah. for for Maryland.
0: There wasn't any egregious call the big 10 and scream at him penalties that I could <clears throat> see, but it's a lot of penalties again, not as many as Alabama though. Yeah, I, no, I
1: did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm starting to think that there is a little bit of a conspiracy against locks. Like, has it, has it moved away from the Huskers and onto the Terps, maybe?
0: Has the I've, stink trans, transferred? I tell you what, I guarantee there's a lot of athletic directors and, and sage old coaches that would point at locks in this situation and say, this is why we don't, we don't talk poorly about the officials out in public. <laughs> yeah. Because this isn't, again, you don't need Charlie Day strings up on the wall to be able to draw this line between – what locks comments are and what's what's been happening yep. so with the win maryland moves to 5 and 2 not ranked um they're going to have a chance to very emphatically move to 6 and 2 soon here so one would think they would be ranked a week from now but we'll see with the loss the hoosiers drop to 3 and 4 next game up was this our game of the day this was a two overtime game michigan state 34 Wisconsin, 28, Sparty with 389 yards of total offense to the Badgers, 283. This was Michigan State's first win over a Power 5 team this year. Wow. Both of the wins before were against a group of five teams. God, I hadn't even
1: put that together. Yep. That's something.
0: Um, and then the other thing I would point out is, I mean, Wisconsin had the lead most of this game. I felt like they had two or three different times where they could provide somewhat of a knockout punch and they just could not do it.
1: And then at the end, Sparty did what they had to do to to push it into overtime. Yep. And then they just ran away with it in overtime. So I had the pleasure of listening to this game on the radio whilst driving through the state of Wisconsin. It's It's
0: a fun way to take in a football game. It is
1: a great way to take in a football game.
0: Um, So starting with Michigan State, Peyton Thorne, a little bit of an up-and-down year, um, but I thought he looked really good. Um, he made plays in this game, 21-28, 265 yards, two touchdowns. Bef- on the preview podcast with me and DS, I, I recommended to both defensive coordinators that the number one thing you need to do is take away the number one wide receiver. One would think the defensive coordinators for both of these schools are smarter than me but they didn't show it because I tell you what Jaden Reed in Chimray DK, more with Jaden Reed but Jaden Reed nine catches 117 yards and a touchdown. He was the X factor in this game to me to keep Michigan State with it. Um, that is a that is a banged up Wisconsin defense in general, even more so in the secondary. Um, not a lot of teams on Wisconsin's uh, uh, schedule that can beat up the secondary but Michigan State saw that blood in the water with the back seven and dude they they attacked it and they had a good day throwing hey, the ball. And you know who else had a good day throwing the ball? Jaden Reed.
1: He was 1-1 for 25 <laughs> yards and a touchdown.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so anyways, um by the way, penalties again. 9 for 103. I felt like I felt like half of the time on the TV screen was spent uh going to to talk and he's screaming at a player. For getting a personal foul or a dumb penalty, yeah, like that's got to get cleaned up with Michigan State. Otherwise, honestly, they could have probably put this game away a little bit earlier. Jalen Berger and Elijah Collins, former Badger, Jalen Berger and Elijah Collins, thirty carries, one hundred and three yards. Not not a great average, but um, here's what I think. I don't know how the Wisconsin announcers were saying, but like, I'm not used to seeing so many available yards against a Wisconsin defense they gave up they, almost
1: 400 yards. That that's
0: what? a that's like 600 for a typical defense.
1: Okay, remember we have a bet on this. Their yes. total defense where they'll finish in the it's country. Go, yeah. Remember what our no. guesses were? Yours was 18th, mine was 28th. Yeah, and
0: it seems like it's going to be closer to 28. Yeah, and the, and I believe Well, it's they front. got some offenses they can maybe bring it back down here pretty soon. Maybe, uh, yeah. But yikes. It's, I,
1: and by the way, I w- I've been monitoring kind of casually from afar. They were down to twenty six. That was maybe before. Well, it was definitely before this game. They. So that I think they're probably be. outside of the top twenty eight now.
0: We have not seen a Wisconsin defense outside the, I would say top
1: ten since we've been recording this podcast. Pro, since we've been recording the podcast, yeah, I think
0: that's probably true. And, and definitely not out of the top ten for rushing yards allowed. It. Nobody's perfect is what I want to say. Even Wisconsin with Jim Leon hard, you have enough guys graduate, move on and have some injuries. There will be issues in your defense. It's just there right now. And, and, and it's, it's like this, this game killed me, by the way, this stopped me from going five and zero in my pool. This hit me, you know, any way it could like, I thought Wisconsin had put things together enough with the change in the coaching and, and schemes on offense, I thought that the offense had been opened up and that Wisconsin's defense, although not as good as previous years, I'm like, I think they're going to kind of settle down now, yeah. now that their offense is playing better. I, I saw snippets of that at the beginning of the game, but like they can't, they could not hit the knockout punch. It just no, they could.
1: And they had some heartbreak here. Graham merch throws that early Interception, which res- results in, I, I believe, uh, yep. Michigan State, when scored a touchdown right yep. after that, and then of course in overtime the fumble that ends the game. But is this a bad loss for Wisconsin? How bad is this?
0: Sure, f- sure feels bad to Badger fans. I'll say that. Once.
1: Right. So you know this is they're Jim- favored
0: by seven. Now it's a road game against a Big Ten foe. I know. So I understand where you're getting at. I don't want to. <laughs>
1: Well, what I'm I mostly. Be,
0: I don't want to, you know, look down my nose at Sparty fans, but yeah, this, this is a bad loss. I mean, you, you've you all but eliminated yourself from getting in Annapolis. I mean, you're on absolute life support at this point. And when you're favored by that much, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you got to win that game.
1: Well, and I guess what I'm getting at is this is Jimmy Leon Hard's audition for this job. It's not a great way to start.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody was expecting Jimmy to make it to Indianapolis where he took over, so to speak. But um, you got to make a bowl, right? got to make a bowl, right? Yeah, it,
1: and it's just not super badgery right now either. It,
0: it is, it's not badgery at all. No. Um, and I'm not saying Wisconsin can't make a bowl. They can definitely make but a bowl. They can what make a bowl. I'm saying yeah. is if they don't make a oh, bowl, man. you will look back at this game and say, this was one of the major reasons they didn't get there. I
1: mean, probably something we saved for the offseason, but. What, what do you do? They wanted Jimmy Leonhard. And what if he just it doesn't look good? What do you do?
0: I don't know. It, it's a great question.
1: And there's they should want him.
0: And speaking of uh, two receivers, I mean, again, because we're recording late, two receivers have left the program. I think we're up to three guys now that have left. Uh, Jimmy Leonhard is going hard and basically saying, are you in or you're out? If you're out, get out. I mean, he's laying down the law right now. There must be things that he saw, even from his defensive coordinator position, you know, throughout the last couple of years. So yeah,
1: he had an offensive lineman. Yeah, he specifically came out and said, "Oh no, no, no! He didn't leave. We told him to leave. We told him, we told to, him leave. to leave. Yeah,
0: and he wanted to be clear about that. So that's one offensive line, two wide receivers that yeah. have left. So something to keep an eye on. And I'm not saying it's bad, by the way. Sometimes you do need no, to you... get rid of the bad apples. Correct. So a, I'm, not saying it, I'm just yeah. saying it's something to keep eye on. With the win, Sparty moves to three and four. With the loss, Wisconsin drops to three and four. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel agent technique creates unique characteristics in each barrel that produce one of a kind whiskies. Amador is made to be sipped neat or is perfect for classic bourbon cocktails. Just like your favorite go to Big Ten football podcast, the Amador is the go to whiskey this football season. Don't forget to hashtag ask for. Amador, and check out our new website and finder option so you can see where to find Amador at www.amadorwhiskeyco.com. Amador Whiskey, born in Kentucky, raised in California, moving into the evening. Maybe this was the game of the day. Purdue 43, Nebraska 37, the Boilermakers with 608 yards of total offense to the Huskers 4 hundred and seventy six if this game was a late 90s naughty video it would be called wide receivers gone wild okay so you
1: you guys had a great little topic like a mini topic you talked about on the preview pod where doesn't it always seem like the later you go in the day the more scoring there is and it does that and maybe that has to do with Who's playing at those times because, you know, you look traditionally the West teams throw the ball a little more and they're playing later on in the day. So maybe that has something to do with it. But as I'm watching this game, all I can think of is the old wacky whack from like the 80s and 90s. Right. BYU throwing it all over the place. Yeah. Seems like that. I felt like I was watching a whack game.
0: I thought you were going to say or the 20 year old sitting across the table pounding shots. They they pounded them oh, early and they pounded them late into and the evening. And they just was, kept they they there, just
1: kept drinking, man. And there was a lot of stupid shit happening.
0: <laughs> I mean, this was fun. Um it was
1: a it was an incredibly fun it game. It was
0: a fun game. Um I I don't know about you, but I felt like Purdue was in control of this game. Yeah. But all, they could uh, have lost. Okay, what I was gonna say is I felt like they were in control of this game for 95. Five percent of the game yeah <laughs> until the very end where i'm like oh my gosh purdue's gonna they're gonna lose this game i know like that was the only time i really thought it and for people that maybe didn't watch as close as us um i mean P- purdue kept going up and then they would the then nebraska would come back never I mean, went at one away point it was 27 to 10 i believe i think it was 27 yeah. to 13 they kicked a field goal right at the end of the half or maybe it was 24 to 13 um yeah if you can look that up uh, but then, you know, uh, uh, it was
1: 27 10 at half.
0: 27 13 at half. I'm almost positive it
1: was. No, it says, it says 10. Oh, you're right. It, yep. it was. Okay. Because they, they kicked a field goal at, at the very end right, of the, the, end that's end of the right. first half. Yep. But then
0: Nebraska scored a touchdown right at the beginning of the second <clears throat> right, half. Right, right. Now it was 27 to 20. Purdue scored again. Um, but again, they were, they were I always a step behind. They were seemed. always a step behind. But then all of a sudden you realize Purdue went for it on fourth and one. If they didn't get that, Dude, Nebraska's going down to win that game because Absolutely. Purdue the, was not stopping them at that no, point. No, the way that
1: both defenses were playing, whoever yeah. had the ball was going to win. So, right? like,
0: I felt like the better team won the game. I think so. But, and, but then there are just some crazy stats with this. Do you have the first down totals for these two teams? Yeah,
1: it's 38. I wanted to point this out for Purdue. 38. I've never even heard of that in a game.
0: Well, look up the Georgia Southern one because I think it was almost as much. Was it really?
1: But then Nebraska only had 15 first downs.
0: That is more than double the first down. So first downs probably, I mean, by the way, Kurt and I realize that total yardage is not the best and number one way to see who's definitely winning the game. You know, I understand that. With that being said, it's a it's a decent, you know, kind of sign. First downs probably even more so. When you have more than double First downs than you, the other team, that typically works better for you, or at least to the point where you're not eking out a win. But the problem was, was Purdue just gave up massive plays in this game. <laughs> like every time you turned around, Trey Palmer was running not just like down the field. There's no Purdue no, blockers in the in the f- screen.
1: Running free, unmolested down the field,
0: like. <laughs> At some point, I feel that you have to adjust your defense <laughs> in some capacity to stop the best offensive player that Nebraska has There's for a, running down the field.
1: Who is the, the Gophers fan that, that told me that the Gophers need to play the cover-their-best-guy defense? Yes, <laughs> yes. They need to play the cover-their-best-guy defense.
0: And here, here's another crazy thing. If you look, right, over the last two or three weeks here, okay, one of the best bets— was taking whomever Nebraska was playing and mm-hmm. the under and whomever Purdue was playing in the under. Yeah. They have been going under, these two teams. Okay. So naturally, you put them on the same field, and they explode <laughs> for 80-some points 80, in the game. 80 points. 80, 80 points in the game. Um, Aiden O'Connell, 35 of 54, 391 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. The pick came on the first drive. So he played wow. excellent Fla- football. Flawless after that. Amazing. After that. Another thing you got to point out here. I mean, Devin can be, dude, crazy legs.
1: Well, they found something with him. I the, the here is your running back, 30 carries for 178. First of all, 30 carries, just stop there. A Purdue running back had 30 carries. That's a great point. And but they still had 54 passing attempts. It's not like they went with a suddenly a running attack,
0: which yeah, which is did we say this already? The first downs is what we did. The yeah. total plays in this game. It's ridiculous. 101 to What is it? I thought I had it written down. Um, I it it was it was more oh, than double. Yeah, I it think was, it was like hundred and one to. It's fifty two. 52. Okay,
1: fifty two for Nebraska. I think it was hundred
0: and one. And then
1: let's see, fifty hundred and one. You're right, hundred and one. So fifty almost doubled them up. Almost there. double.
0: And again, this was a great game right to the end. Insane. Oh, um, how about
1: time of possession? Almost forty three minutes for Purdue.
0: And, again, that just points to Nebraska was hitting the big plays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, Trey Palmer, school record, seven catches, not the catches, 237 yards. Also, one carry for 60 yards. (laughs) Not a touchdown, though. Not a touchdown. 297 yards of total offense out of Trey Palmer. I mean, Mickey Joseph is gaining traction with Nebraska fans more and more for him being a permanent part of the football program, one thing you can point out is him bringing Trey Palmer in. Where would this Nebraska offense be without Trey Palmer?
1: Yeah. It he w- is
0: by far their best offensive weapon. Absolutely. Um, by the way, poor Anthony Grant. Um, like this, a quick side rant, but like, don't tell me schemes don't matter. Okay. I know Nebraska has lost a few linemen up front, okay, on the offense, but this is the same Anthony Grant. At the beginning of the year, he looked like a beast, and he's hardly he's hardly doing a thing. Only eleven carries
1: for thirty-five yards to have a touchdown.
0: This is what Cool Whip does to to the rushing attack. Like, jeez, you know what I just realized? These two teams have they've traded souls. Nebraska looks like Purdue now. They can't run the ball, and they're just they have to toss it all over and rely on big plays. You're right. Whereas Purdue is running the ball like crazy.
1: Which, by the way, speaking of tossing, I was like. Casey Thompson only had 29 attempts. It seems like more kind of, more. but because
0: but, he had 354 yards yes, off those 29, att- 29 attempts. There yeah. had to been four or five plays for Nebraska over 50 yards in this one. Oh. Yeah, they
1: are, they are kind of, yeah. they've flip-flopped a little bit there.
0: And Casey Thompson is good. He's He's got tools, but a yeah. couple bad decisions, a couple misthrows a game that are... I think giving Nebraska fans a little bit of angst with, with that stuff. I mean, he's, he's the number one quarterback by far. Don't get me wrong, but there was a goal line play. He just missed the dude and it would have, I believe tied the game up. They had Mm -hmm. to settle for a field goal in this game. Long story short, um, the better team won, but it was a crazy game that could have gone either way. There is a lot of different ways to put 37 or more points on the board. You can do it with big plays and zero possession. Yeah. Or a whole bunch of pretty good plays with a ton of possession time. Anyways, that was pretty cool. With the win, Purdue moves to five and two. They should be ranked. That Maryland is debatable. Purdue should be ranked. I think so. They're getting absolutely screwed. Yeah. And I think there's some Purdue fans saying, what does it matter? It matters. You want your team to be ranked. The Big Ten should have another ranked team. The you Big do. Ten
1: and just look how close they are. They're five and two, but look how close they are to
0: seven and zero. Oh, and are... the losses, Syracuse. We, yeah, Sy- right. Syracuse undefeated still, still. undefeated still undefeated still undefeated still undefeated. Penn State's only losses to a top five team in the country. Wow, they're getting screwed. They kind of are, yeah. Uh, with the loss, Nebraska drops to three and four. That brings us to the Big Ten game of the week. Michigan, forty-one. 41- Penn State, 17, the Wolverines with 563 yards of total offense to the Nittany Lions, 268. Crazy thing, again, stats lie, right? This was 16-14 to 14 at halftime, favoring M- Michigan just barely.
1: So, of course, I'm watching Illinois on my big screen. This was on my small screen, but every time I would look over, I just, I couldn't, couldn't believe, like right. Okay, they're dominating. They're gonna just keep running away. Then, oh, well, look, Penn State. How about that? They score.
0: Oh, Penn State scores again. And then Penn State kicked a field goal to go up 17 to 16. They were up in the second half. What happened after that? 25 unanswered points by Michigan. Essentially, Michigan just stopped, you know, stepping on their own D, and then they just dominated okay. this game from there.
1: Here's how dominating it was. Michigan had, we can talk about the stats, we'll get to those, zero punts in this game.
0: Zero. I actually had a joke here. Penn State did a great job shutting down Michigan's punter. Finally, yeah. (laughs) It's the best thing they did (laughs) in this game. Uh, By the way, uh, Michigan celebrated the 1997 National Championship team by dedicating the tunnel to Lloyd Carr. Then there was a fight in the tunnel between Michigan (laughs) and Penn State, guys. Um, the, the, the conversation with this game starts and ends with one thing, which is the Michigan rushing attack mm-hmm. and these running backs just going to town.
1: Big, big runs, but I don't care. 418 yards against Penn state. I yeah. don't care that, 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 each running back busted a big one. That's a Take those away. Fine. That's still a lot of rushing yards against. I think they'd still be at right about
0: 300. Yeah. Even without the two big right. runs. Um, yeah. Blake Corum leading rusher in the game. Right. 28 carries 166 yards. <laughs> no. Donovan Edwards. 16 carries 173 yards. He had a 10.8 yard average. So Donovan Edwards, by the way, he's been great know, he's been, to have
1: him back for Michigan.
0: That that is a this is this is getting to be a one 2 punch at running back that you have to start putting them into the upper echelons of one, two punches of In, running backs. For sure. Um, I thought they would miss big boy from last year. This offensive line, just it, it is incredible what they do. And that's not to, that's not to put down Quorum or Edwards because they, they are extremely talented, but man, that offensive line is doing work.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is obvious their identity. You still got JJ McCarthy He's very talented, but he's not quite, he's not exploding.
0: He's just kind of, eh. So my question is, how big of a concern is that for Michigan? Okay, because let let me and let me because the concern is obviously when if somebody shuts your rushing attack down or it's just a tight yeah. game that you need your quarterback to make plays. Can JJ McCarthy do it? Okay.
1: I mean, he, he he just he doesn't have. We've seen him make those plays, but we don't see him do it all the time. Not like consistent. CJ Stroud, it's not consistent. So. Okay he's got to get better as the season goes on
0: okay uh, every Michigan fan agrees with you that they want to see McCarthy continually improve and get better can I just throw this out here though okay the reason Michigan lost last year was because they ran into Georgia
1: yeah there's I no Georgia this year Georgia that's a good point very good but N- they still got to
0: play name name a team in the top 10 okay that's I'll give shut you- this rushing attack I'll
1: down. give you the closest team to Georgia is Ohio state. If you're talking about the whole package and that's who they're on the collision course with. So can they beat Ohio state with, with McCarthy playing the way he is right now?
0: Listen, too early to talk about Michigan or Ohio state winning that game. But my comment that I'm making here is I think Michigan can run on anybody. I think in so the country. Too.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: So that's not a, a direct shot at Ohio state. That is a direct compliment to how destructive this rushing attack is. Yeah. So, so my
1: answer to that is maybe.
0: Okay, maybe. Okay. I'm just saying if this Michigan if if this Michigan team I don't know how do I want to word that if Michigan would have played if Michigan last year would have played the top four teams or whoever the first or second team is that's going to go into the playoffs this year they're running the ball. Yes. Tennessee. Georgia this year, Alabama this yep, year, yep. Clemson—you can run on those teams. For Clemson's sure. probably the best out of yep. all those. Anyways, I just I find that interesting uh, with Penn State. So, two things can be true at once. Um, I I, I <laughs> do think Michigan deserves a ton of the credit. At the same time. Not a good performance for Penn State's defense.
1: No, this is not a good performance at all for Penn State's defense. Can you believe it's the third of five games where one team had over 40 minutes of possession of the ball?
0: From, from this past
1: weekend. From this from this, from this this conference. And that's only five, that's only five games. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's five 60% games.
0: 60% of the games had a 40, 40 pos, uh, minutes possession or more. And heck, that's, Purdue that's almost had
1: 43 minutes. <laughs>
0: that's
1: insane. I mean, Michigan's up at 42. Yeah.
0: It's pretty high. It's unreal. <laughs> um I most of the angst by Penn, but boy, you want to talk about the most angsty fan base currently right now? I think it's Penn State. They should
1: they should be angsty. I mean, I, I don't remember. Well, yeah. when's the last time they beat a top ten team? I can't. I saw the stat. I don't remember what it was. I didn't write it down. But it's been it's been a lo- it's I think been a it's day. 10 losses in a row. I thought it was what I saw. This Less is where
0: 10- the the angst is spread. It it depends on what, you know, time of the day is whether it's either on Sean Clifford or James Franklin. No, it's on
1: James Franklin. Okay. You can't play that many you can't be Penn State and play that many top 10 teams and not win one of those games.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um I I was most I was most surprised by how unathletic the front seven looked versus Michigan, especially mm. at the linebackers. Okay. Um, there was no available tacklers most of the time. Yeah. Or the push that was happening from, like, don't get me wrong, Michigan's going to, offensive line is going to push anybody around. It was, it was drastic at times. So that's got to, I don't know if they'll run, they'll go up against, they, I know they won't go up against a rushing attack. So that's the mm-hmm. good news for Penn State fans. I yeah. think got a pretty good one coming into town this weekend. But then on the other side of it, I felt like Sean Clifford did everything he could in this game. The stats aren't great. 7 to 19, 120 yards. He had the longest play of the game when he when he made the correct decision and kept it. I really felt like the athletes on the outside and the running backs – they didn't do much to help Sean Clifford out at all. Well,
1: that may be true, but they were coming from behind the whole game. It's not like they could really dedicate themselves to the run. Nick Singleton only had six carries, and Catron uh, Allen almost only had six carries on the
0: day apiece. Yeah.
1: That's that's not establishing a run again. You had no chance to do that.
0: I felt like this was more of a Catron Allen game, that Yeah, you, they needed a more physical guy. Uh, but yeah, a 2.4 yard average. By the way, Sean Clifford got dinged up. He went out of the game, so we've got two iffy quarterbacks for both the Penn State and Minnesota game. Well, so this there you weekend.
1: go. And then Drew Aller, five of ten for thirty-seven yards. He couldn't do anything. It's so not it's like not, he looked ton, tons it, better. It's, it's not like well, you you got to pull Clifford, you know.
0: That's what I'm saying. Is who am I to tell a fan how to fan? But I just don't think Drew Aller, Aller, whatever you say it, going in would have made any difference. No, it wouldn't have made this, any difference in this game. It
1: would. I would have made a difference. They would have. It would have been a bigger margin right. of
0: defeat. I think. Um, listening to national pods, I was pleasantly surprised to say that they were they were talking more positively about Michigan than they were negatively about Penn State. That's good, to which hear. is the correct take for me. So,
1: and one of the things we didn't point out, JJ McCarthy's seven carries for fifty-seven yards.
0: Yep, he can run it too.
1: Keep doing that. Yes, I like that. I mean, obviously you can't get him hurt. You can't run right. to the point where he gets hurt. But I think they need to use that.
0: We kind of called that in the preview pod. Is this the game where they get more aggressive with JJ? I think Cut. they did. My guess is they were going to get more aggressive with JJ, both running and throwing the ball. But by about middle of the third quarter, they're like, you know what I think we're going to do instead? We're just going to run just it right let's down there. let just run the ball. Yeah, And that's what they did. By the way, you, khaki pants deserves a little bit of credit. And Sharon, some guys are too stubborn. And they try to mix in the passing game. And that's where mistakes happen. I'm just saying you got to give them credit for... Running the ball and just sticking with it and going to get the win.
1: Well, it's got to be fun when you know you can rack up 418 yards on the ground.
0: <laughs> at, at a, I don't know what that 5.9 yard average, something like that. Uh, no, know.
1: it was a 7.6 <laughs>
0: yard average on the ground. Hide <laughs> oh, the women and children, man. Absolutely. With, with the win, Michigan becomes Michigan and moves to 7-0 and with the loss. Penn State falls to 5-1. and They are still ranked. By the way, just like that, Michigan, after the 2020 season, that was so bad. Mm-hmm. They have won 13 of their last 14 Big Ten games. Mm, mercy. Yeah, with their only loss being Michigan State, and the only loss outside of that being Georgia. Uh, Khaki Pants now 5-3 and three versus James Franklin. Wow. So it was pretty close. Okay, 5-3. and three. Right before okay. that. Um, weekly Eisman. Uh, first thing I want to do is, since we, we typically uh, um, do the Eisman for the uh, offensive winner, and just like that, my stat just went away. That's annoying. Um, okay, here we go. So Jacoby Winman for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. He won the defensive player of the week for the third time this young season, or kind of middle-aged season, I guess you could say. Just the six to win the this is from Chris Solari, by the way. Winman is just the six to win the Big Ten defensive player of the week three times in a single season. Pat Fitzgerald in 95. Tom Burke, Wisconsin, in 1998. Paul Pavlosny, Penn State, 2005. Ryan Shazier, got some good names yeah, in here. Ohio State, it. 2013. Anthony Walker, Northwestern, 2015. No one has won it four times. Wow. We got half the season to go, roughly. Well, so. I'll tell
1: you what, he had, he had had a couple games there where he, he kind of became a little ghosty, a little invisible, and he came, this is his...
0: Why when he's there, he's there. Yeah. The Michigan State defense had a couple guys back. It did look better. Yeah. Yesterday. Uh for the weekly Eisman. Okay, we're gonna give a we're gonna give an aggressive shout out to Trey Palmer. Yep. Aggressive shout out.
1: And a solid
0: shout out to Chase Brown. Chase Brown looked amazing. Um, Nebraska fans are hella mad that Trey Palmer did not get in the Big Ten defensive yep. player or excuse me, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, it went to a share between Aiden O'Connell and Chase Brown. A shout-out to Chase Brown as well. With Chase Brown and Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell, yep. Kurt and I decided that we just thought it was too amazing to not give it to the entire offensive line and running back room for Michigan. We are racking up. 418 yards, that's all I got to say. So we've got a little bit more freedom. We don't have to pick a player. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. (laughs) <laughs> so that's what we're doing. And, you know, it sucks for Trey Palmer, but when your team loses, your chances of becoming player of the week get cut in half. So
1: They cut in half or even more, and then also that game wasn't nearly as big as this game with, with two top ten Two top ten Yeah. So, so sorry, pre- sorry Nebraska, but...
0: That's just how it is. Yep, that's how All it right. is. Okay, anything else? No, sir. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.